Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. Genesis. The book of Genesis. Specifically, Genesis chapter 6 and Genesis chapter 7. Genesis chapter 6 and Genesis chapter 7. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been speaking on the mindset, and we've been talking about how we have to make sure that we are in a biblical mindset. Over the last couple of weeks, we have looked at coming out of a cave. We've looked at coming um, into the place to where we understand and know that we are always free no matter what the enemy throws our way. Because if you know anything about the enemy, he wants to throw on you thoughts and illusions of not being free. Amen? He wants to make you feel as if you are bound. And I don't know about you, but I am not bound. I am free in Jesus' name. And so we've looked through several things, and we came last week to the last two things that we're going to look at, which is last week we looked at our church mentality, but this week we will look at our family mentality. In fact, we will look at it and, and, and entitle it our family mindset. Our family mindset. Not really sure how long I will speak today because, once again, this is the closure of what we've looked at. Had several people talk about how well they have received this, and hopefully, those that are not here today um, will be able to hear this on our podcast or on our live stream and be able to apply this to their life. One thing I do know is over the next couple months, I plan on maybe tackling some of this a little bit um, deeper. Um, It's just so much I can tackle on a Sunday morning because if I don't, or if I am not careful, I will find myself um, being too long-winded. And I don't want to do that. I know you have a schedule and and different things. And I want you to hear the word of the Lord, but I don't want you to also um, have to endure my words. And so sometimes that happens as a preacher. Um, So today I want to close this, but make no mistake, over the next couple weeks and maybe the next couple months, I will... Um, plan on coming back and talking about the family because I genuinely believe that it is something that we need to look at and it is imperative. Um, I want us to go to the Lord in prayer and then we're going to jump in to the passage that we are in. So join me in prayer and um, I'm going to ask that the Lord would be with us this morning. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. We thank you for all that you do, God. We thank you that in the midst of 
something gone, malfunctioning God, you can bring God balance back. You can begin to bring healing. Now, God, I pray that you would begin to, God, speak to us this morning. And God, I pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. And I, I pray, God, that, Lord, I would be able to bring some type of, uh, of healing or, or, or some type of awareness to people today. And so, God, we give you glory. We give you honor. Hide me behind your cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want you to go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 6 and Genesis chapter 7. Make no mistake, I won't read all of it today. Um, I will be just kind of jumping around. I do want to make just a few announcements. Um, we were not able to during service. Um, but if you would, please remember this Wednesday we have our family day, our back-to-school day for our kids. We're going to have homemade ice cream. We're going to have games outside for the kids, um, inflatables inside for the adults. We will not be gambling, so don't be scared. We're going to be playing bingo for all of our adults that wants to come and, and be in there. We're going to have bingo. We're going to give away prizes, and we are going to just have a good time, okay? So remember, 545 on Wednesday. If you say, well, I've got things. I've got to get supper. We're going to have supper for you. You're going to have hamburgers, hot dogs, but also you're going to have homemade ice cream. Can I say that one more time? Homemade ice cream. So um, hopefully we're going to have a bunch of it. And so I've heard some may even decide or think about bringing banana ice cream. Um, we'll have some others. So please come and join us. I want to remind you that if you're not coming on Wednesday, I believe that you're missing out because you grow so much on that weekly discipleship. I know in my life over the years, that's one of the pivotal nights for my life that I would always grow. So please be reminded of that. Come join us. We would love to see you. That's this Wednesday. We'll send out a one call. You should be getting something in the mail or on your text. I'm reminding you, but please come. 545, we'll go to everybody leaves, all right? I'll make that promise to you. So I want you to go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to start. We're going to look at this thought of family mindset. Family mindset. In fact, if I had a parenthesis, I would say, get them on the ark. Get them on the ark. So I want to go to Genesis chapter um, 6. And I want to start reading here in, I believe it is, um, let's go to... Um, Let's go, um, let's go to uh, Genesis 6, and I want to I kind of introduce you um, to Noah. The Bible said here, Noah, this is verse, uh, verse 13. Let's start there then, um, Rick. So verse 13, it says, Then God said to Noah, I've decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and outside. This is how you are to make it. it um, you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long, 70 feet wide and 45 feet high. Verse 16. A window shall thou uh, make to the ark and in a cubit shall thou finish it above. 
and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I even, I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. Let's stop there. Let's jump over to verse or chapter 7 if we can. So chapter 7, we'll jump over to that if we can just real, real quick. Bible says here in chapter 7, starting in verse 1, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thy uh, by seven, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by seven, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth. For yet seven days I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living thing substance that I have made I will destroy from the face of the earth. And Noah did according to them, and that the Lord had commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters was upon the earth. Verse, let's go verse 7 if you can, if you're able. If you're not, that's fine. Because I want to share something real quick. And Noah went in, and his sons and his wives, and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. You know, our generation, we have gone from several extremes. We have gone, we have swung the pendulum. We have gone from Leave It to Beaver, which premiered in 1957, where Ward and June, I believe was their name. Y'all didn't think I knew about the Beavers, did you? Um, they shared a bedroom, and if you remember, they had separate beds. Anybody remember that? To now we have gone to what we would call Modern Family, which premiered in 2009. In Leave It to Beaver, there were separate beds, in modern family, there were three families that were represented. You had a nuclear family or a common family that was made up of a man and a woman and their children. Then you had what some would call a blended family, which is like the Brady Bunch, I guess you could say. And then you would have what has been introduced over the last several years, a same-sex family where there were two fathers or two mothers in the home and they were in what they would call a consensual relationship. We've gone from the Little Rascals. Anybody remember the Little Rascals? We were, we, we've gone from there to seeing on our screens all type of sexual innuendos. We've gone from the little rascals and the, the gang going around and being of the, the He-Man Woman Hater Club, I guess is what it was called. I remember watching the movie growing up. And you didn't have to worry about all of the little innuendos. But now we see there are teens that are in f um, films and stories about college life and different things that they represent some of the most abhorred things that you can really look at. In fact, one of the things I do before I go to watch something is I go to a site that will tell you what's in it. Or I'm just curious. This is a popular show. I want to see what this show has inside of. 
it. And I am appalled sometimes to hear about the things that are in it, the things that are spoken about, spoken about and even some of the, 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 the adult things that are inside of those uh, movies and television, sh- television shows. And it is teens that are inside of that show. Then we've also gone from what I would um, call someone at that time, he was pretty risque, and that was Elvis Presley. You, I don't remember it, but some of you may have remembered hearing about um, when Elvis would show up on the Ed Sullivan show and they would want to boycott his concert because of the way he would move his hips. And now we've got artists that are talking about things that are unbelievable, unimaginable. In fact, if you go on the iTunes chart, and I've got to move on, but I do want to share this in my introduction of this. If you go on to the iTunes chart or the Spotify chart and you look up songs, you may not hear it on the radio, but if you go to those streaming platforms, almost Every hot song that is at the top of the chart is what they call explicit. Do you know what that means? It doesn't mean that they're saying something that maybe you would say if you hit your finger. But some of the things that they speak of and talk about is some of the most awful language that you could ever imagine. That's where we've gone and the family must understand that it is the enemy's desire to try to ruin the family and to ruin our children. It is of necessity that the church begins to take inventory and the families begin to look at their lives and say we must change our mindset. It is not up to the media to raise our family. It is not up to the news media to raise our family. It is not even up to the church to raise our family. It is up to us to raise our family. As far as for for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody say amen. We must change our mindset of family. Family comes before the church. Family comes before the church in the biblical scenario. Family should be intertwined with the church, but family comes even before the church was created. See, first of all, we've got three things that I want to share with you as we talk about our changing in mindset. First of all, we're going to look at marriage. Second of all, we're going to look at the family. And then thirdly, we're going to get to this that's on the screen. We're going to talk about how we must plead that God would bring them into the ark. See, first of all, I want you to hear this. Marriage is godly. Say amen, somebody. In the book of Matthew chapter 19, Jesus even touches on it when he says that it is up for a man or a woman. They must leave their father, their mother, and they cleave to one another. And what God has brought together, let what no man tear asunder. Marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman. Say amen. Marriage is not between a man and a man. In God's eyes, marriage is not between a woman and a woman. 
In fact, the scriptures make it clear a marriage that is biblically based and favored and approved in the eyes of God is between a man and a woman. We don't say that out of hate and we don't say that out of disdain and we don't say that to try to pronounce judgment, but we say that because that is what the Bible declares. See, we must change our mindset about marriage. Marriage is not something, and I'm going to get into some of that here in a moment. Marriage is not something that you can just kind of sporadically as a Christian just wake up one day and say, it's over, I'm leaving, and say amen, somebody. Marriage is not something that we can just get out of, we can leave, we can force, we can, we, we can begin to forfeit. No, marriage is an institution that has been given to us by God. Marriage is not something that you should look for a redo on. Amen? We understand that there's circumstances that come up and things that you can't get out of. And there, I've got friends that have dealt with things that, that they, they've had to move on and make some decisions. And we understand that God, I believe, has mercy on a lot of those. And there are things that you, can, you can't control. And I'm not advocating something that, that, that there's never an option for someone to, to maybe move on from something that is trying to, that is not good for them. I'm not advocating that. I understand that there are situations where you have to move on. But what I'm concerned about in the body of Christ is this thought that God does not want us to try to work our marriages out so that we can be an image of God's amazing love. I believe we could get a lot from the book of Hosea and we could find a lot from what he goes through with his wife and how she goes off and she disappoints him and the Bible says that God says you bring her back and you show the nation of Israel my unfailing love. See marriage is something that we as a church must fight for. You look at me and Amber and, and, and I've had even people when I've talked to them say I can't imagine you guys ever fighting. Well they don't need to come to our house much. Because there's moments that we don't get along. There's moments that we have struggles. There's, she's hard to deal with from time to time. But I want you to understand this, is that we are in it for the long haul. We're not going to throw in the towel just because we have some wrinkles that show up or some hair that begins to recede. Because when we entered this thing, not only did we love God, not only did we love each other, but we want people to see that when God puts two things together let no man tear it asunder and what I'm struggling with to try to bring out and I don't want you to think bad about me when I say it I want you to understand may we never give God some type of credit that when our iniquity has caused something to dissolve and disintegrate and split up may we never say that what comes out of that situation has been God's will all along 
It is never God's will for you to leave your spouse that God's put you together with. If it's going good, if they love one another, if you guys are called and y'all say y'all are believers, I believe there is always power in the Holy Spirit that God can bring you guys together and work it out. But I see too many people and ministers included when something goes wrong, when they mess up or when something, and then we say God knew what was best for us all along. No, God never, God never blesses sin. Say amen somebody. In fact, before I get to meddling too much, I know I got to move on. You need to pray for your spouse. You need to at times, if you have to, forgive your spouse. And you need to work together and serve the Lord with your spouse. Say amen, somebody. There's nothing better than serving the Lord together with your spouse. Pray for your spouse. Pray for them on a daily basis. Pray for your marriage that God would use you as a man and a woman. That God would use you to be able to be a light to others and say we have our difficulties. They may, we have our seasons to where we don't even kind of want to look at each other. We got to pray about it. But God is wanting to use us to minister to someone else. What God has put together, let no man tear asunder. Your your marriage is important, but your family, listen, is a priority as well. In fact, there is a creative order that I want to share with you. That creative order goes like this. God, in the beginning was God, right? God, man, than family. You notice in that, there, there, I don't see anything about the church. God, man, family. Out of man came woman. Out of Adam and Eve came um, um, their, their children. We see family comes even before the church. However, that does not excuse you from being absent in the church. When the church consists of families, the church is properly functioning. See, family is one father, one mother, no matter what society says. When God begins, He says, you go and you replicate or you reproduce and, and you go and, and you begin to spread your offspring throughout the world. And what did they say? Man was made in the image of God. And so that is our job as family that when we begin to reproduce and children are born, we are spreading the image of God throughout this world and we're showing them who the Creator is. But family is being attacked. Recent studies show this. They have revealed a startling statistic. Almost, almost 25% of marriages within the Christian faith seemingly end in divorce. This number has risen significantly over the past few years, leaving religious communities around the globe concerned about the state of marital stability. It seems that the family is under attack. We are, we, we are to, in marriage, be in a covenant 
and then produce the image of God through our offsprings throughout this world. And we must understand that the enemy does not want the family to be intact. The more I read and the more I researched, the more I saw where people are without fathers, families are just kind of dissipating. It seems like people are like, well, 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 they'll be all right. But I'm telling you, a child needs their father and their mother. Say amen, somebody. And I, you know what else I'm thankful for? Can I say this? God, I know i got to get on. I'm not really, pre- I feel like I'm not preaching, preaching today, but I want you to hear this. I'm also so thankful for people that come along that when a father fails or a mother fails or they move out of the picture, God all of a sudden sends someone in that can be that, that, that substitute that can begin to move. And I believe that happens as well. I've seen it even in, I won't mention names, but even in our church where God has used them and blessed them. And, and they, 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 it's, it's as if God has allowed them to have someone in their home that can serve as that father and be that godly impact in their life. I'm thankful for that. But we are in a moment to where the family is under attack. I believe that when God moves on the family, hear me out, it impacts the church. I believe that when God moves and sends revival in the family, that all of a sudden the church experiences revival in itself. Because you cannot have one without the other. When the family gets fed, all of a sudden the church is affected. Because the more we study Scripture, the more we understand that when you have a godly marriage, that when you have a godly family, you will get your children and you will get your marriage to a godly church. There is nothing better than having a family serve God together in the confines of the working of the local church. Today I got to see my son open up service. I got to watch my wife sing on the stage. I'm able to preach today to you about the power of the family. But I want you to know nothing does this preacher's heart more better. I guess what the proper terminology is Nothing does my heart better than to be able to see my children, to see my wife serve the Lord. I would rather have them living for the Lord than me be a worldwide success story. I want my children, I want my family to serve the Lord with all that they have. And today I believe that when we look at our marriages, when we look at our family... We understand that we must change our mindset on some of these issues because the family is first. The family is the priority. But we look at this story of Noah and the ark and I believe that we can see some symbolism of what I'm going to try to get across in this closing. Is that we must compel them and beg them to get on the ark of safety. When you look at the ark in this passage that I read, the ark can be a symbolism of the church. In fact, some say that it is a symbolism of the rapture. Some say that that it is a symbolism of the rapture because when judgment falls, 
the church is in the ark, or the people of God are in the ark, the church, and when the floods come, they rise, and that is a symbolism of the rapture. I'm not going to get into that today, but I am going to say this. If you look at the very end of that passage that I read in chapter 7, it said that Moses, or not Moses, but Noah, got all of his family, got all of his children, got all of his in-laws into the ark together. He made sure that everyone was inside of that ark. And then we find out later in 2 Peter that he was the one he uh, Noah was the one that got on at the end because it said he was the eighth. And we're going to talk about that as we close. But church it is, a, it is a necessity for us to begin to change our mindset on the family and how important it is to serve God together. How important it is for us to make sure that our marriage and our children and our family are in the ark of safety. I want to tell you that I want to compare that to the church this morning. I believe that the church, when it is operating biblically, that it is a place of safety. It is a place to where we can come to and we can be fed, we can worship together, we can begin to be, we can... We can hear the Word of God being expounded upon. It is a place to where we grow together. It is something that we can look at in this passage as an ark of safety. This world is under judgment. This world is going to soon be burned by fire. But there is something that is going to endure and be refined and is going to make it. And that is the bride of Christ. That is the church. And I want to be inside the ministry of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today I want to advocate to you that we change our mindset and not think that church is just a part of our life, but the church is our life. The church could, should guide our life. The church should be... I grew up where the church was the main thing. And the church drove or guided my family. And I want to get back to the point to where I know we had some extremes but I want to get back to the point to where we understand that if we are not in the ark of safety which is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ our family will not endure the church is that place where we should discover Christ that place where we grow in Christ that place where we can be prepared for Christ. Hear this preacher out, and I'm going to be very short here in this moment because I know time is of an essence. But if we do not make up our mind that we're going to get our families in church, we're going to get our families to the house of God, we will find ourselves having some serious things to answer, answer for. I want you to hear some of these stats I want to read them. One of these things says, Attend your, attend church with your family. When, hear, hear what this writer says. When we attend church together as a family, it brings us closer and it creates a stronger bond between everyone. 
including our children in our worship services, Sunday schools, outreach activities, facilities, communications on deeper levels. This writer says it like this. He says, parents also find a stronger desire to be and continue to be a part of your kid's life. I want to read one more if I can. Is this okay? Last week I had several people say they really enjoyed me reading these. And so I want you to hear um, um, what this, listen to what they say here about corporate worship together. A parent in our church once made a statement that caught me off guard. Corporate worship is crucial to my family. It's the center of our family's life. I know this family. They do family worship as well. And they read devotions. But this father said corporate worship is the single best priority in his family's life. Why? The dad's mentality is consistent with how Scripture prioritizes corporate worship. God is the center of our life in corporate worship. We make this clear. My mind goes back to when I would start when I, when I was when I was just very young, and, and and some days I would wake up not wanting to go to church, and my dad and mom would say, Michael, it's time to go to church. And I still remember us getting dressed and questions in my mind like, why are we going? And my dad would walk out with books because he was teaching Sunday school. And it seemed, and y'all have heard me tell the story, it seemed like every red light in little Houston, Mississippi was on. And he would fuss because he was running late because we were not ready in time. And he would get there and 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 and, and, and every it was it was some days it was a hustle and a bustle. Some days we would get back and it was be like we never really received anything. It was like the preacher's sermon was pitiful and the music didn't hit right. And, and but, but, but there was a routine that started and now when Sunday comes I know that it's time to gather in the house of the Lord. It showed me a priority of going to God's house and being a part of worship. The writer here says parents get your cheer, your, your children, your kids go to church. The fact is, hear this preacher out, taking your family to church makes your family better. Can I say that again? Taking your family to church makes your family better. May we change our mindset thinking that our marriages can last by not going to church. That our families can serve God by not going to church. No, if they see you not going to church, the chances are when they get older, they won't go to church. One man said it like this, said, they do what you say up to 15. But then after 15, they do what they see. Can I say that again? Up to 15, they do whatever you say to do. After 15, they do what they see you do. <laughs> you know, I, can, I, can I be honest with you? I, I know I've got to close, but we, we, we pray as a family. We read the Bible as a family. Sometimes I beat myself up because I feel like we haven't done enough that, 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 that our life is so busy. But one, thing's my, one thing my kids have seen me do is they've seen me wake up every morning and they've seen me pray 
They've seen me outline my Bible. They've seen me read my scriptures. They've seen me seek God. They've seen me go out walking the streets. And now I didn't have to tell them. I didn't have to compel them. Now I walk in some days and I watch my kids and they're praying. Now I walk in and I see my kids' Bible and it's been outlined. It's not because I made them do it. I believe it's because they saw their daddy and their mama do it. And so now they say that's what got my daddy through. I know that's what's going to get me through. Church, we must understand that what we do today for our family will dictate how they serve the Lord in years to come. Our mindset about the family must change. This is not a game. This is not something that... This is not like bingo or phase 10 or monopoly. No, this is something that our families and our our marriages need. They need to be in the house of God. Not serving the rules of man, not serving the rules of religion, but coming to grips with who God is, how Jesus has saved them, and how they need the power of the Holy Ghost in their life. I promise you I'm almost done. I promise you, but Nehemiah says it like this. In Nehemiah Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 9 through 22, the Bible said that Nehemiah told the people of Israel, he said, you start now, fight for your family. (laughs) Fight for your family. Fight for your family. Fight for your wife. Fight for your children. If it means you stay up at night and pray for them, stay up at night and pray for them. If it means you pray for them early in the morning, you pray for them early in the morning. If it means they have to come to church even when they say they don't want to, you make them come and you show them who Jesus is. I feel this in my heart. We live in a culture where they say let them decide what they want to be. But I want to live amongst people that say, I know what God has called me to be and what God has created me to be and I want them to discover it now in their life. And there is a Noah principle that we'll close with. The Bible said in 2 Peter, it said that Noah, in fact, Rick, if if you're able to, is, is there a way that we can get 2 2 Peter chapter 2, up on the screen, verse 4 through 5, and we're going to close. Singers, musicians, could you guys come just for a moment and let us close in this, in this manner? There won't be any prayer here probably of me. Uh, Amber, if she will, she can help and pray those that come. But I want us to close in this manner, but I want to finish with this last point. Marriage is godly, amen? Family is a priority. Family is a priority. But we've got to change our mindset and we can't say our marriages are so busy I can't get in church. My family is so busy I can't get in church. No. I believe because marriage is godly 
and because the family is the priority, that both of them should be in the ark of safety, which is the church. Amen? Because when Jesus returns, I want me and my wife to go up, and I want me and my family to go up, and I want us to be in the ark of safety. There's a principle, there's a Noah principle that we see in 2 Peter chapter 5. Did I say 5? Rick, I'm sorry, let me make sure I get the right one. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spare not the old world, but save Noah. Listen to this. The eighth, say eighth person. How many people got on the ark? Eight. The eighth person. There's a Noah principle that I want to end with here. And that is, I'm not going to stop till everybody gets on the boat. Noah didn't say, well, the flood's coming. I'm going to get on the boat. I don't care if my kids get on or not. I believe Noah said, all right, Sham, Jeff, you get up on that boat. You take your wife, you get up on that boat. I'm not leaving until you get up in this boat. You don't, you, you get up in this boat. There's a principle that's found in that. And it shouldn't be the children that get us to church. It should be the parents that get the children to church. It should be the, 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 the believers that get their children into the church and say, we are going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to serve Him with everything we have. Amen, Amen I like that. There's a principle that's found in that. I know that you can't do anything sometimes about a wayward child. I know you can't do anything sometimes about somebody that will not adhere to sound biblical doctrine. I understand that. But, but, but for the life of me, do not sacrifice your family and your marriage for something that is trivial. Make church a priority. Make our family mindset that says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody say amen. Stand with me if you would. This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way, but we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m. and We would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God bless.